Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moon Base Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? You hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey kids, it is me again, Icy Robots, and we are on another mellow mission to explore some of the coolest heroes and villains that DC Comics has to offer. Let's ride this mellow beat. Let's, uh, let's bang the gong. Let's light the incense. Let's get to talking about today's topic, a man of mystery, a villain of the highest order, a man who goes by the name of the Taskmaster. The way that we are going to look at the Taskmaster is through the lens of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, a comic published back in the 80s. It is an encyclopedia of sorts of all of all the major dudes in Marvel. It gives them bios, stats, and whatnot, and we will be using that. So what do we know about this mysterious character, the Taskmaster? He wears a blue, white, and orange costume. He has a... uh, skull for a mask. He wears a hood, a cloak, and a hood. He has belts across his chest. He has a belt buckle with a T, and he has a a pistol, a sword, and also a shield, like Captain America. His real name is unknown. Nobody has an idea of what this guy is called, not even an inkling of a clue. But he has gone by the name Tony Masters in the past, so... Maybe that's his real name, Anthony Masters. It's a cool name. It's probably longer than that, like Anthony Master Ellie or Master Antonio or something. And it was uh, shortened somewhere along the line. But I don't know. Who's to say? His identity is secret, except for what we just talked about. He has no uh, former aliases. His marital status is that of a single chap. And again, we don't really know. He might have a wife, and he's he's really good at keeping his identity secret. So it would stand to reason that he is also good at keeping other parts of his life a secret. His occupation is that of a professional criminal. He is an American citizen known to have a criminal record. His place of birth is the Bronx in New York. He has no known relatives, and his base of operations is... Also unknown, but it has been known in the past. We'll we'll talk about that in a bit. And he first appears in Avengers number 195. That's a cool comic. I'm going to hop on over to the uh, world's biggest online marketplace. And I am going to see what you can pick up a copy of that for. That would be a comic I would enjoy having. having. And I, I apologize that you guys got to uh, hear me happen around so let's um dun, dun, dun. so he in this issue it is a cameo appearance and it does not seem as if a lot of people regard this as the actual debut as far as uh, spending money because it's going for like 15 dollars but the very next issue 196 which is his first full appearance goes for uh Here's one for $28. Here's one. Let's look at the solds. That's always a good way to get a gauge. And I, I'm i a bit far away from the mic. I hope you can hear me. Um, 
Somebody got one for 30 bucks. Here's one. It's graded, like officially graded at 9.8. Somebody got that for uh, something like 700 bucks with 60 bids. Those graded comics sometimes go for so much. I've never, I've never graded a comic. I've thought about it. It does seem as if it increases the value a lot, but that's all just, that's perceived value. That's not real value. They are only valuable because people are paying that much, but because they are paying that much, they are actually uh, that valuable. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting proposition, interesting idea, comic book grading. Do you know what that is? That's uh, like, there are companies and you can take a comic that you have, some kind of, you know, key issue, and you can send it, you can send them anything, but you would ideally send a key issue of some sort. And you send it in, and all they do is grade comics, you know, they check them out every single page and examine it and they get you know they give it a number between 1 and 10 10 being absolutely uh, gem mint perfect and then they seal it inside of like a uh, a, a big sheet of a big piece of plastic like a brick like a thin brick of plastic it's called a uh, slabbing they slab it up and once it's in there, it can no longer be opened. You could open it, but once you open it, the seal is broken and it's no longer graded as it was. I've never done it. I think it's like 30 bucks for a comic, but I've never, I don't know, man. Maybe someday. I have a couple cool comics, but I don't know. I, it's just not my thing, I guess. Uh, let's, let's examine the origin of the Taskmaster. Let me grab the guide here. So we can check this out. You hear me rustling it around. This is a real comic. This is the real deal. At this point, I'm not using my bigger uh, collected one. I'm not on. I'm not on AOL right now. Checking it out on the uh, World Wide Web. The man who would become the Taskmaster first demonstrated paranormal abilities during childhood. After watching a cowboy show on television, he found himself able to duplicate the sophisticated rope tricks that he had watched the cowboy perform. Psychiatrists called in at his mother's request, termed the boy's rare ability photographic reflexes. He employed his talent several times during his youth for personal gain, most notably when he became a star quarterback of his high school football team after watching one, just one, pro football game. So, basically what dude can do is, if he sees something, he can absolutely do it perfectly. He can, one time out, like if he sees... You know, you do a backflip, he can watch it, examine it, see exactly how you did it. Then he can do a backflip in the exact same way that you did. Upon graduation from high school, he briefly considered a career as a crime fighter, but opted for becoming a criminal. He perceived it to be more lucrative. I don't know. To me, I think it might be even uh, more lucrative to you to get into, you know, entertainment in some form. I, I don't know what his act could have been, but... Somebody with more creativity as far as that goes, I'm sure, could find something that our boy Tony Masters could do with the ability to mimic anything that he saw. Uh, we are going to get into this in a bit, but you might be saying, how come, how come Bro wouldn't just get into sports? You know, he was a uh, star quarterback in high school. They won, like, the state championship or whatever under Guy. After he only watched, like, the one game, why not watch... All the greats. Watch, you know, Kenny Stabler. Watch uh, Johnny Unitas. Watch uh, whoever. Fran Tarkenton. And become a super high-paying NFL quarterback. Because these guys make, you know, a guap and a half. They make stacks upon stacks upon stacks. Like racks, dude. They make a ton. 
here's the deal. He can imitate the moves of the guy, but he is only a man. A man with a man's courage. He is only himself. And to make it at that high level of athletics, you have to be able to, like, do the moves, but you also have to be, you know, a star athlete. And while the Taskmaster can bust all this stuff out, and while he trained himself to be, like, the peak that he could be, there are people out there who... They train to be the peak of who they can be, and their peak is higher than your peak. There are guys who are just fantastic athletes who are also incredibly dedicated. They're taller. They're bigger. They're faster. They're everything. And while the Taskmaster is, you know, a six-footer, these NFL quarterback dudes are like six-foot-six. They're giant with giant hands that can throw giant fastballs, and that's just the way it is. He can be great, but he's not going to be, you know, Fran Tarkenton great. He's not going to be... The quarterback known as Jim McMahon great. He can win the state championship, maybe play some college ball, some USFL, some XFL, some Canadian Football League type stuff, but I just don't see him making it at the top level of the NFL, or he would have. There's just too much money in it. I don't know whether you like it or don't like it, you would get into football. So to continue on into into the life of this mysterious man... The Taskmaster then began a program of observing the fighting techniques of a large number of superhumanly powered adventurers. He used archival news footage, VHS, various things. So, this got me thinking. So what he did was, he wanted to become the master fighter. He wanted to become, like, the top of the superpowered fighting game. So he started watching tapes of, you know, for example, Captain America or Iron Fist, dudes like that, so that he would be able to achieve, you know, their level of success. So, that got me thinking. If I was going to put together myself as the Taskmaster, like, I have these abilities of photographic uh, memory or whatever, photographic reflexes, what would I, what would I view? And I started to think, in this game of mine, I can only check out, like, tapes that I myself had. The Taskmaster, at the time did not have access to uh, YouTube and such. He probably had a box of tapes in the garage like I do. Now, I have been a longtime fan of wrestling, professional wrestling. I also liked the early days of the uh, UFC, you know, back in the no-holds-barred style versus style Hoist Gracie days. So I do actually have a, a fairly extensive collection of fighting cassettes out in the garage. So I started thinking, who do I have that I could watch and I can imitate. Now, I also had to think I have to go within the limitations of me being myself. I am only myself. I can't, I'm not the peak of human perfection. I'm close, but I'm not there all the way. So I thought about it and this is what I came up with. For my general striking fighting abilities, I watched uh, some early John Hess from the UFC, the master of uh, SAFTA. So, you know, it's got to be good. It's the Scientific American Fighting Technique Alliance or something of that sort. So, you know, that's got to be tough. And I I kind of get the idea that I might only be talking directly to my pal Gino Vega as far as this goes. He, he is somebody I know who knows these references. So I might be making these jokes for him. If you don't know who John Hess is, go onto uh, the YouTubes and type that in H-E-S-S. Then I would throw in some, you know, the polar bear. Paul Varlins. This guy, 
big, hefty dude. He was great at throwing people around, too. You know, the real knockout striker of the game would be Canadian Harold Howard. So I'd be checking that guy out like crazy. He and I share some uh, physical uh, characteristics. I think that that would be something I'd get down. So I would, of course, study the style of Harold Howard. And then, I, w- while digging deeper into my cassettes, I came across a copy of uh, Any Which Way But Loose, the no-holds-barred uh, street-fighting movie starring Clint Eastwood. I would watch that. And then... I thought maybe I could incorporate some kind of gymnastics in there. And I know I got a ton of Rey Mysterio Jr. on tape as well. You want to talk flips? I got tapes of Jack Evans galore out there. And that guy, that guy can flip a flip. Go YouTube Jack Evans. He's in Lucha Underground right now. Last time I saw him, he had nunchucks and he was fighting with somebody. Again, a reference that maybe only Mr. Sensational will be uh, giggling at. And then... You know, he also, the Taskmaster has a sword. Who would I use as my sword fighting model? I have no idea. I do have a couple Shaw Brothers uh, VHS tape samurai movies, so I'd probably pop those in. Maybe uh, check out some Darth Vader. And then, finally, I would need some gunplay. Uh, our boy the Taskmaster has a forty-five. Who would I look at as far as gunplay? I'm thinking... Chow Yun Fat, hard-boiled, you know, two guns, one in each hand, turned sideways. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, let's, uh, let's take a quick pause, check out a commercial, and we will be back with more on the Taskmaster. Marvel the Mustang, these old folks for real. Just saddle him up with spurs on your heel. The winding... I I don't I don't think that's a Marvel product. Marvel the Mustang by Marks from uh, 1969. There, let's look. I bet you at some point there was a Marvel character named Mustang. Let me uh let me grab my stack of Marvel guides. Let's see. Uh, Marvel the Mustang. I don't have that one. Why don't I have? Oh, here we go. The Mandarin to Mystique. We are going to look and see if there is a character called Mustang that we can say that toy was based on. But while it may have been true, I just... Nope, not in the guide. Let's... We're going to still... I'm still on the dial-up connection. Marvel Mustang. Let's see... Mustang, Marvel Comics. Let's check it out. Marvel the Mustang. Da, 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 da. Let's see what we're getting here. Um, Mustang. Here we go. Far, far in the future. There is a dude who goes by the name of Clint Barton Jr. You might know this guy, Clint Barton. He is Hawkeye. We learned about him in the last episode. So, in the far-flung future... His son will go by the name of Mustang. I'm not at all familiar with this character. Ooh, look at this. He is actually the offspring of Jennifer Walters, who we know as She-Hulk, and the man we know 
as Hawkeye. And uh, Mustang is green, which is kind of cool. But there you go. So while that has nothing to do with anything, at least uh, at least we know. And that's uh, kind of important, I guess. Not really. Let's get back to the Taskmaster. To the task at hand. To the Taskmaster at hand. He initially used his fighting skills to execute several successful larcenies, but he had not properly anticipated the dangers involved. So, he, uh, at first he tried to be a crook himself. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'll go into business for myself as a crook, but, you know, he faced some kind of opposition, maybe some bullets rang out near him, something like that, and he's like, you know, this is not for me. I have another idea. But he had not properly anticipated the dangers involved, so he decided to use his stolen capital to establish a center for training aspiring criminals to become polished professionals. That's not, you know, the worst idea in the world, but one has to wonder, did he view cassettes of famous coaches before he decided to give this a shot? Because, let's be honest, while he does have the physical abilities, he is not exactly the cream of the crop when it comes to crime, because he only had a couple jobs under his belt. So, did he go out and watch a game film of, like, the great coach, Mike Ditka, or, like, uh, Tommy Lasorda, or, I don't know, anybody like that before he decided to uh, open up his own school. But it's a good idea because, you know, it puts him out of harm's way, and he gets to, you know, kick back and collect uh, tuition from people who want to break into the world of crime, and he'll, you know, spend his days teaching him how to throw a shield or how to do karate or whatever instead of being out there putting his own uh, lasagna on the line as it was. And uh, this is where the idea gets, you know, a bit witty on his part. What he did was he went out there and he got a partner, this guy named Dr. Solomon, who is an expert on the criminally insane. And together they opened the Solomon Institute for the criminally insane and all it was was a front for his training operation so dudes would get sent to him and he would hey i can see how you know you're a bit weird and such but maybe together we can train and maybe i can make you into the super criminal that you can be for a fee i wonder if if the taskmaster charged like a straight fee like a college tuition or was it you would get trained by him, and instead of, you know, straight up ahead of time pay, maybe you would have to give him, you know, a percent of, like, some jobs you worked on, or whatever. I could see it going either way. Let's, uh, I know we just took a pause, but I got, I got a bit of an infomercial here from the training center of the Taskmaster. Let's pop that in, and we'll be right back. that dream come true? Do the voices inside your head tell you that you were meant for something more? Do you sit there day after day seething with the need for revenge but don't know how to get it? Then the Taskmaster Institute is for you. Here at the Institute, we train you for a life of power and skill. You will learn seven different styles of martial arts and many forms of advanced weaponry. If 
you're smart enough to find me, you're smart enough to learn the lessons I can teach you. The Taskmaster Institute. When you positively, absolutely know you are meant for something more. I wonder what the seven styles of martial arts were. Let's, uh, let's examine this for a second. You're going to need some kind of stand-up style, and Muay Thai seems to be the prevalent style in the UFC, so we'll go with that. Maybe some karate. You're going to need some kind of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's three. Some kind of basic wrestling, you know, to get the ground, uh, get the fight to the ground. Maybe some straight-up Western boxing where you can really learn how to throw your hands hard. So you got two styles left. I'm going to toss in some straight-up uh, Shotokan karate with its deadly uh, killing moves. And then maybe, you know, some kind of catch wrestling. Some, like, catch-as-catch-can, uh, Billy Robinson, you know, snake pit type stuff. I think if you combined all those, you know, you're going to be... You're going to be pretty good. So our guy, the Taskmaster, he's running this school. Things are going great. He's got some new recruits. He's got some top guys. But, uh, you know, he's running ads like the one we just heard. And eventually, the Avengers are bound to catch on. So they made their move. They busted him. They shut the school down. So the Taskmaster had to go out on his own for a while. And he would pick up, like, you know, a trainee here and there. Or maybe even, like, a job for hire. Every once in a while, that sort of thing, if if he was, you know, low on money. But I kind of think, like, in his heart of hearts, as skilled as dude is and as deadly as he is, he is, I don't want to say a coward, but he is not a warrior in the sense that some of these guys are. Like, he, he doesn't want to fight. He's great at fighting and he doesn't mind fighting and he will kill you if you fight him. But if you are somebody about the same level as he is... He's going to think that it's not such a bad idea to escape, you know, better to fight and run away instead of fighting another day. I forget. Is that how it goes? It's better to fight and run away and then you will live to fight another day. That's what it is. That's the uh, motto of the Taskmaster School, I imagine. So, you know, he, he was here and there doing this and that. And in the... Most recent storyline I know about him, when Norman Osborn took over the Avengers and he took over S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that stuff, we learned a bit about this in the Hawkeye episode, he brought in the Taskmaster as his head coach. He brought him in to train his guys and work with his guys. And then he went as far as, he, um, he put together like a secret cabal like an Illuminati of villains. You know, there was like Loki and Doctor Doom and Namor and the Hood and Emma Frost, you know, representing the mutants. They're supposed to be like one representing like each class of criminal. And he brought in the Taskmaster as like his own guy. You know, he was giving him a big bump, a big bump in pay as it was. So that's about as much of there is on the history of the Taskmaster. You know, he works behind the scenes. He's not a, like, in-your-face kind of guy, but he's more the type to play low pro. You know, he stays in the background. He is, we're going to get into his powers and some other things of that sort. He is six foot two, weighs 220, his eyes are unknown, and the color of his hair is unknown. His powers are as such. Taskmaster possesses the innate ability called 
photographic reflexes, which enables him to watch another person's physical movements and duplicate them with practice, no matter how complex. This ability is limited only by the fact that he does not possess superhuman strengths or other superhuman attributes. He is a gifted athlete, and he has trained himself into being a superb athlete. He can bench press around 375 pounds. That's quite a bit. His practical reaction time is almost twice that of an ordinary human male. So, I guess he is a top flight guy. So, what is dude doing? What is wrong with guy? He must be insane in the membrane. He must be deranged. Otherwise, he should have went right into the NFL. I don't know. What can I tell you? His retention of a particular skill or technique is virtually permanent, as long as he periodically studies the source. So, one of the main features of his school must be like a big VHS library where he's always in there watching dudes, but eventually YouTube came about and, you know, back in the VHS days, especially like, you know, for someone like me who was a wrestling tape collector and trader, it was sometimes hard to get footage of dudes you would read about or dudes you would hear about. And it wasn't until YouTube came around that you uh, got to see a lot of these guys that, you know, guys who fought overseas, guys from the Orient, guys from Mexico, guys from Europe. You didn't see, like, a lot of Johnny Saint wrestling coming up. But now you can see as much as you want on YouTube. I bet you, right now, our guy, the Taskmaster, he's really peaking just because... He has access to so many things that he didn't have access to before. Just the wealth of footage on YouTube must, like, he must spend all of his time just watching whatever. Um, Taskmaster has made extensive use of videotapes and movies to study the movements of superhuman adventurers, as well as athletes, marksmen, stunt performers, and soldiers. Thus, he has gained a whole wide range of combat and acrobatic skills. These skills include all present day and many historical martial arts. Things ranging from boxing to wrestling to swordsmanship, archery, marksmanship, gymnastics, and aerial acrobatics. Also, sleight of hand. He has intensively studied the fighting styles of Spider-Man, Captain America, and Daredevil. He also makes use of replicas of the weapons used by certain costume adventurers. Let's take a look at those weapons. Weapons. Taskmaster makes use of a variety of weapons. He frequently employs a throwing shield like Captain America, a billy club like Daredevil, and a bow, of which he uses a variety of trick arrows, much like Hawkeye. None of these copies are as high quality as the originals, especially in the case of Captain America's shield, I'll tell you that. But he can use them all with nearly a great A facility as their respective owner. Taskmaster also carries a 45 which he uses in the style of the Punisher, as well as a 36-inch rapier, which he uses in the style of El Aquila. I looked that dude up. He's a swordsman. Not of any great renown. I would have, uh, I probably would have followed the swordsman, the guy who trained Hawkeye that we learned about in the last episode, but what can you say? So, there you have it. That is all anyone would ever want to know about the Taskmaster. So, I'm going to get up out of here, man. I think I, I think my mission is done. Let me uh, power down the computer unit here. And until next time, make mine marvel.
This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.